0: I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2005. It was nice that somebody finally gave it a name. Everyone else has got their own way of dealing with things. This is purely my take on it. But think about what you want to do with your life. And there's no reason why you can't do what you want to do with your life. You may just have to think about a different way of doing it.
1: Everyone has a story to tell, and we invite you to join us for the Multiple Sclerosis Diagnosis Journey podcast and listen to these unique stories. Hello, I'm glad you've joined us today to listen in on my conversation with Steve. I must tell you in advance that Steve and I are connected through this podcast because he is offering the editing services to put this all into a cohesive stream. So with no further introduction here I'd like to open the microphone to Steve and his story of how he got his diagnosis of MS.
0: Hi I'm Steve and I live in the middle of the UK at the point which is probably the furthest from the sea in any direction. I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2005 My diagnosis story is probably quite similar to a lot of people with MS in that I had a number of years at the start of the 2000s, in my case, where I was going to the doctors and going with various symptoms. The main thing I was bothered with was pins and needles in my fingers, loss of sensation in my hands, a bit of weakness in my legs. And each time I would go to the doctors and they would say, here's some yoga. You've probably got a trapped nerve do this and see how you get on. And I would do the yoga exercises and the the symptoms would pass. Which is probably not that surprising when you think about the fact that a lot of people with MS are told to do things like Pilates and yoga. And and it does have benefits. But as I say, uh, over a couple of years, i would keep going back to the doctor and they would say, it's trap nerve, it's trap nerve. And then a few years after that, I started a relationship with a woman who is now my wife. And on our first holiday together, we went to Italy and it was incredibly hot. And I had, again, the pins and needles came back in my hands and I lost a lot of mobility from my leg, particularly my left leg is my troublesome one. And when I got back from the holiday, because we had a great holiday, but it did kind of take the shine off a couple of things. And went to the doctor when I got back. And this particular time, the doctor said, okay, looking at your records, I can see you've gone to the doctors about this problem over the years. I'm going to make two appointments for you. I'm going to make one for a physiotherapist and one for a neurologist.
1: Now, Steve, you're talking about starting with symptoms very early on and taking several years to get to a diagnosis. Each time you saw your Primary care physician or your specialist there, did you feel like you were being listened to seriously, or do you feel like they just gave you the easiest answer and possible solution, such as, "Oh, you need to exercise more, try yoga to relax?"
0: Mm, to be honest, I didn't feel pretty, I don't feel particularly shortchanged or that I was being dismissed because I had, didn't really have any conception of what these symptoms were kind of building up to other than things like shingles and a trap nerve. That was basically it. And I certainly didn't have any conception of what MS was aside from seeing advertisements in newspapers in the late eighties, early nineties for the MS society. I remember there was one where it was a picture of someone's naked back, but the spine had been ripped out, um, which is just a (laughs) lovely image. And then there was also another one where there was a guy in his work outfit, but he was standing in the middle of a corporate bathroom and he'd obviously wet himself. So these are the kind of images, I mean, God knows what it would have been like if you'd just been newly diagnosed and you saw something like that. But aside from that, we didn't really have any idea. Now, when we went to see the physiotherapist, he did a kind of standard examination and some kind of physical tests And after about 15-20 minutes, he said, well, I can tell you categorically, it is not physical. You'll have to wait and see what the neurologist says, but it's certainly, on my examination, it is not physical in any way. Which came as a complete shock to us. We were just expecting to be told, it's a trap nerve, do some yoga, that's it. So by this point, we had got engaged, my now wife and I, And we kind of said, well, can you give us a clue about what you're you're thinking it is? Because you obviously have an idea of what you think it is. And he said, oh, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say anything because the neurologist will be able to tell you. And we kind of badgered him. And he said, well, it might be multiple sclerosis. So at that point, didn't really have any idea of what MS was. My wife and I were working together at the same organization And one of our friends and colleagues, her mother, had had primary progressive multiple sclerosis and she had died. So that was our only real experience of knowing anything about MS, was the mother of a colleague of ours who died. So I'm going to say that the NHS in England is a wonderful, wonderful thing, but it is woefully underfunded. And at that time the wait for my appointment to see a neurologist was about a year. Now, when we saw the physio and he'd said the words, it could be multiple sclerosis, we thought, well, we can't wait. Now, without my knowledge, my dad had, who was still working at the time, he had been paying into a private health scheme and he paid for this private health care for my brother, myself and my mum. So we kind of took the opportunity against <laughs> against our principles to go down the private healthcare route so just in order to get an answer a little bit quicker i had a, a mri scan and after that my diagnosis came about pretty quickly because they got my health history they got a paper trail of all the times i've been to the doctors and complaining about the same things and they got the, the results of the MRI scan. So when we went to see the neurologist, he said, it's this is what it is. Looking at it now, the physiotherapist who, who first mentioned MS to us, he, in a way, he did us a massive favour because when the neurologist said it could be MS, it wasn't completely out of the blue. We were sort of prepared for it.
1: That's interesting because I think everyone gets those little hints that they perhaps have MS at some point along the way. But it sounds like it took you several years of chasing pins and needles and weakness to finally get that hint that this may be something more.
0: I suppose it did take a while, but certainly when I had the neurologist appointment, it came pretty quickly. And You know, the physiotherapist had kind of given us a hint and kind of set us up for it, which was, in retrospect, very, very helpful. But it was nice that somebody finally gave it a name. And I always think it's a bit odd, and I know this is an entirely personal point of view, um, but I always think it's a bit odd that people tend to remember their multiple sclerosis anniversary. Um, I don't think about that kind of thing as anything particularly worth remembering it was just the day that somebody gave what I was going through a name it's kind of like you remember the day that your kids are born you don't remember the day you decided what you're going to call them again everyone else has got their own way of dealing with things this is purely my take on it and if it works for you then you go on but it it's 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 just as far as I'm concerned it was the day that they named what I was having to deal with.
1: And obviously, what you knew about MS did not prove out to be true because this has not killed you. Uh,
0: well, Well, I'm not dead yet.
1: Yes, not yet.
0: It's not that it's trying to kill me, but MS, it tends to chip away at you. There are various sort of indignities and you kind of accrue symptoms. My symptoms have mostly stayed the same, but they've kind of worsened. Um, so it's it, it's not that it's trying to kill me, um, but it's progressive. Um, uh, I'm not dead yet.
1: So if if we were able to take a look back, and with what we know now about you and your MS diagnosis, is there anything you could have done differently that would have changed or the course of being diagnosed or allowed it to occur sooner?
0: Not really. I don't think there was anything I could have done in particular to kind of move things along any quicker. Certainly, as I've said, this was the third or fourth doctor I've been to see with these particular symptoms, and he was the first guy to say it could be neurological, and up until that point, it had been purely a physical kind of thing. Um, The advice at the time that I was diagnosed, which was, as I've said, it was 2005, The prevailing kind of medical wisdom, certainly in the UK at least, was very much a case of eat a bit healthier, do some exercise, live your life. I was, as people with MS love to hear, I was the classic, oh but you look so well. So there was nothing whatsoever in my physical demeanour to kind of show that there was anything uh, quote marks wrong with me. So I wasn't even thinking about going on any kind of disease modifying therapy, and I think at that point there probably would have only been two or three that were available to me, you know. And certainly, again, in the UK now, the advice for the newly diagnosed is to get on a DMT and just stamp on it and cut down the number of relapses as as much as humanly possible. I've I've probably had about four, sim, four I've probably had about four relapses over the years. So, I'm doing okay, but you know, the symptoms are kind of accruing. They as I've said, they they've, they've kind of remained the same, but the the amount that they kind of affect me has increased. It, it's it's progressive by its very nature.
1: Well, you've really been great and kind and open in sharing your story here. But I'm wondering now, for people who are listening to this, who are not diagnosed with MS but suspect they might have this disease, do you have any advice for them? What would your takeaway be from from your pursuit of an MS diagnosis?
0: Well, I'm not sure how comfortable I am about giving people advice based on my experience I mean my diagnosis was so long ago that the only explicit piece of advice that the neurologist gave me was don't go on the internet and through the internet I've found a community of people online on social media I started blogging about my condition and my experiences shortly after my diagnosis and again through that I've met various people Um, I mean I've met you because of it. And again through that I I now have a job that I do that I do from home that fits around my lifestyle and my appointments and um I'm very happy with it. I think if for advice I would say think about what you want to do with your life and there's no reason why you can't do what you want to do with your life. You may just have to think about a different way of doing it. Um you know, I'm married, I, we have a child and, you know, there's obviously, there's bumps in the road for everyone, whether they've got a chronic illness or anything. Um, I know this kind of winds people up, but sometimes I, I would say that I'm quite lucky that I've got MS. I feel like I have some perspective and an awareness of other people. and I'm quite empathetic and... You know, that's, in a way, it's kind of made me a better person. You can be sick now if you want. (laughs) And again, I know that there are a lot of people out there who have things a lot worse than I do. As far as actual practical advice, listen to the experts and listen to your medical team. In the UK there's an organisation called the Multiple Sclerosis Trust and one of the things that they do is they fund the posts of specialist multiple sclerosis nurses and they are incredible. I mean it sounds very dramatic but I think there have been more than one occasion since I've been diagnosed when they have literally saved my life. Um, I'm very lucky in the sense that I live geographically where I do because I'm close to one of the national centers of excellence for multiple sclerosis research. And so I I suppose you have to build up your crew. You have to build up your family. And in the loosest possible sense, I'm using the word family, but you know, you've got your friends that you can meet online and lean on them because there's a lot of support out there. Uh, Whether you're geographically near someone or not, you know, I've, you know, some of my best friends live in America. Some of my best friends I've never met. and But they're people that get you. So just build up a team that can support you in any way. If you don't have people around you that can support you, there will be people out there that you can lean on and get some support. <sighs> I mean, I suppose practical advice is look after yourself, change your lifestyle, give up smoking do some exercise Uh, don't 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 be a dick i
1: i think that's excellent advice especially don't be a dick this day and age so i would like to thank you steve for taking the time opening up to us with your story and i wish you well
0: thanks a lot for this